Hi, welcome to the Podcast Brunch Club podcast. I'm Adela, and I'm the founder of Podcast Brunch Club. And as you probably know by now, PBC is like book club, but for podcasts. Every month, we listen to a thematic listening list and get together in person in nearly 80 chapters worldwide to discuss. This month, our list was on the theme of nuclear power, which you can find at podcastbrunchclub.com slash nuclear power. And the list was curated by the chapter leader of our group in Wellington, New Zealand, Heather Welch. And I am really, really excited that she's able to join us today. Hi, Heather. Hi, Adela. So I wanted to get you on the line and talk to you. First of all, I love the idea of talking to all of our members all over the world just to give everybody a voice. You know, I feel like Podcast Brunch Club is a community, and I'd really like to make the podcast a sort of community podcast. So I love featuring um, our awesome members. We have such cool people in Podcast Brunch Club all over the world, and you are one of those very cool people. So I wanted to sort of touch base with you and get your perspective a little bit on the theme, I I know you and your group curated the playlist. You chose the theme of nuclear power. So why don't we start with why did you guys choose that theme? It's interesting. We had wanted to pick a theme for the playlist that had a sort of a New Zealand element to it, except funnily enough, New Zealand is nuclear free and it's been nuclear free the whole time. We haven't had nuclear power generated here. It was on the plan, um, the sort of national energy plan to have nuclear power generated here uh, back around 1969 to 1976, but it didn't eventuate. And then public opinion has kind of wavered whether people actually would think it's a good idea or not to have it. And In 1987, after the Rainbow Warrior, which was a Greenpeace ship, got taken out by two French um, divers, it was protesting the um, nuclear weapons testing in the Pacific. And so that actually uh, prompted us to develop some legislation around banning nuclear weapons, uh, like weapons testing and stuff. What it doesn't do, though, is actually ban land-based nuclear power generation. So that could still happen here. It just hasn't. Um, Mm -hmm. So we had wanted to try and pull on that. And some of the things that we looked, the episodes we looked at, they were more around that Greenpeace um, Rainbow Warrior thing and our response in that sense of weapons testing. But we took it on the theme of just power generation and... Since we haven't generated nuclear power that way, I just wanted to sort of open up the conversation of what is people's experience with nuclear power, particularly because last year um, they had that TV series, which they also had the related podcast on Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. And we kind of tend to focus on those sort of negative big experiences. Um, And then my personal tie into it is I have alternative power. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, definitely I wanted to, I know that you live off the grid. And so that was one of the main things I wanted to kind of talk to you about. I think, you know, we listened to a lot of episodes on the playlist that kind of talked about how there's like a really good case for using nuclear power and that there's all these alternative options also, and that there's obviously pros and cons to each one. But I know that you have this really unique experience living off the grid. So can you tell us a little bit about what is that like? Like, what is your day like on a day-to-day basis? And I know it's seasonal. So go, go, go deep. Yeah. So I live off the power grid, meaning that I have solar panels uh, to draw in uh, the 
power from like sunshine hours and I store that in a battery bank and that's how I'm able to use it. And the reason for doing that was because it was too expensive to get grid connected. I can see power lines from my house, but I just couldn't get connected to them. I'd have to get a transformer and cables under the road and up to my place. So there wasn't power here. And that happens a lot in New Zealand. And we're really lucky here because we're able to. I know that in some places around the world, there are restrictions on what you're able to do, like mm-hmm. independently, out, like off the grid for, as such. So I rely on sunshine for power, and that is seasonal. And right now, it's we've had a bit of rain, which is really lucky because, again, I've got to sort of manage water and things as well, um, not just power. But uh, got to have good sunshine. Uh, it's very cloudy where I live. New Zealand's known as land of the long white clouds, so it's a lot of cloud cover, which is not ideal. Um, but it was an option, and I'm really grateful that we have that ability to sort of create our own system and generate our own power, store that, and use it, and I'm not reliant on the grid. So did you um, – You. it sounds a little bit like – and correct me if I'm wrong – you didn't kind of go into it saying, like, I want to live off the grid. Like, this is just the thing that had to happen because – you did you buy land and it was just not is that how it was it was just not developed yeah that's right yeah it wasn't the intention in the beginning um we would have gone grid connected had it not been so expensive (laughs) and so because it was that hurdle that we couldn't get over the bank wouldn't give us the money to do it it became this new journey that we decided to go down looking at options what was available and yeah then we've gone from there so the day-to-day thing is like tracking what the weather's doing and keeping an eye on how much uh, voltage is coming in and what the battery bank says I've got and then managing what activities I do, whether I run the dishwasher or wash them by hand, whether I am able to turn the washing machine on or I leave that till later or vacuum or, you know, just balancing my consumption with what's coming in really. Mm -hmm. Which I mean, we all should probably do right? Like we should all probably balance our consumption, but it's so much easier if you're living on the grid to just like run the dishwasher whenever you want. Like I remember actually in Chicago, there's an option, I think with our electricity company and I had it set up at my old place. It was like um, called real pricing. So like instead of averaging out the price of of a kilowatt or whatever, however they, they measure it, they would actually charge you uh, based on the hour by hour price or even the minute by minute price of the you know supply and demand or whatever, and so you could log on to this portal and see like what is is this above average is this below average and you know tr- it sort of trying to prompt people to use energy when it's you know cheaper and better for everybody. So um, you would get alerts on your phone being like, hey, just FYI, it's really high right now. If you can. Probably, you know, try not to use your dishwasher. Try not to use, you know, your your laundry. But, I mean, it was an interesting – I don't know how many people actually used it in the way that I think it was intended. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was a good alternative. But so, okay, so you – did you build your house then? Did you, like, yes. buy the land and then – okay, so you built your house. So you knew exactly what you were getting in. You didn't have to, like, retrofit a house. No. Okay. So, so you – Primarily get your energy from solar panels on the roof, I'm assuming, or do you have a... Just solar panels. And then if that's not enough, I have a backup generator, which will charge the battery bank up for me, which I have to use (laughs) probably more regularly than I'd like to. And the generator is gas powered? It's uh, petrol powered. Petrol. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, the New Zealand, the New Zealand U.S. equivalent. Yeah, petrol and gas. Um, so okay, so then you have these solar solar panels. You have a generator, um, and then how does the hot water thing work? It, it somehow the panels power heating water. So I have my hot water cylinder is connected to my fireplace, which can I have to light the fire primarily to heat my hot water. Only because the the hot water cylinder is three kilowatts, it uses three kilowatts to heat, for the element to heat up, and that's quite uh, that's lot. the maximum my system can actually mm-hmm. run. So I can run that off just the electric power. I can flick a switch and turn it on, but I only do that in the summertime because that's obviously when I make the most power. I, I don't do that in the wintertime at all. But in the wintertime, I'm usually lighting the fire to warm the house anyway, so it's dual purpose, which is helpful. Um, it just okay. Yeah, it's not so great if it's bad weather in the summertime and you have to light the fire because <laughs> it's warm, right, but it's right, cloudy. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, so what's the primary source of heat in the house? Just the fireplace. That's it. Just the fireplace. Yep. You don't have any other heat source. No. There's no just a, a pa- oh, wow. passive heating through the the way the house is positioned. So, um, my. The end of my house is north-facing, which is where we would be in the southern hemisphere for the solar panels anyway. Uh, the sun comes in the morning on the front of the house. It goes round to the side where the bedrooms are. So my house is fairly warm from passive heating through the windows. I've got double-glazed windows and thermal curtains to keep it in at nighttime. And, yeah, then just the fireplace. So, How cold does it get in New Zealand in the winter? Uh, where I am, it's fairly temperate. I can get below zero degrees Celsius, but that's not that often. So it's it's around eight or nine degrees Celsius is probably a low um yeah. average time. Okay. I'll have to do the conversion on that. Sorry. I know that zero degree no, it's fine. Zero degrees Celsius is thirty two degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. So um yeah, work from there. So okay, so then then you have battery back or like so like the solar power feeds into some sort of like battery bank or power bank. Yes. That then is connected to the house. So like as you were thinking about building your house, you had to actually give all of this stuff thought like you need north facing, you know, and you want your probably your living space to be like on at least some have some exposure to the sun. Yeah. Right. Like you had to think about the configuration of your house. Yeah. But we also had sort of a house plan that was already pre-designed, which was a little bit tricky, but it helped us reduce the cost of our house because uh, someone had already designed the house to build it and then their property got sold to a mortgagee sale. So we got their frames and trusses for below cost, which <laughs> saved us a huge amount of money. But just p- positioning it on the site, we've done it for the view, but also it works well because the sun does come in one side uh, in the morning and it comes around to the bedrooms, which are on the sort of uh, west side in the afternoon. So we're very lucky in the sense that it just worked out uh, naturally. My mm-hmm. garage does get too warm because <laughs> um, that is on the north side but yeah definitely had to think about in terms of solar panels and where to put them and we did put the first three on the end of our roof of our house and realized that that's not easy to clean them so then we made a shed which is where the generator is now stored and our firewood um, supply so that it's easier to access them um, from the ground level so you have to clean the solar panels yeah yeah because we've got a lot oh, wow. of dust and pollen here and keep them clean and clear so that the sun can get to them yeah I know nothing about like alternative sources, honestly. Um, so you, I know that you don't live in Wellington, right? Like you live about an hour outside of Wellington. 
it, and you you wanted to. So I'm assuming it's a little bit more undeveloped. This is why. Yeah, I'm in rural New Zealand. Yeah, rural New Zealand. Okay, and you operate a business out of your house, right? Yeah. Yes. So like you do everything. Like yeah. so like it has to power your business. It has to power. We don't we don't do the main um, operations of our business here. That got, gets done offsite. But I just do the administration, like all the office work. The office is based here, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Um, what about internet? So I am connected to the internet. That's awesome. But we have, I don't have uh, fiber internet or anything super powerful. My internet speed only just got upgraded um, at the end of last year, which <laughs> makes it a little bit difficult. Uh, it's done by a dish, which is on my roof, which sort of is aimed at a tower on the hill and it's my internet service provider beams it across somehow. I don't okay. know the technical details. Yeah. It. It's yeah. probably sort of like my cell phone, right? Like I can connect to my Basically, cell phone as a hotspot and I can make my cell phone a hotspot because it's connected to the cell towers, something like that. I don't know. So you have a podcast. Yes. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? My podcast is called Sunshine and Power Cuts, and that was the easiest way I could sum up this journey that I've been on for the last eight years that I've been living off the grid here. I've got sunshine. It's great and wonderful, and that's how I power my home. But then there's also been the power cuts when, like I said, it's cloudy and it doesn't go so well. And I get seasonal affective disorder because I get – I've had depression in other times as well, but I found like it was amplified during the winter because I'm – just don't have enough power and I'm relying on the weather to do that for me. So was looking for a way to sort of help motivate me and uplift me and the Sunshine episodes do that, drawing on the examples of nature that I find inspiration from because there are good things of being more mindful of what I have to do every day by tracking what I'm doing and actually tying it in with the weather and like making sure I get out in nature more because we can be busy all the time and be connected Mm -hmm. to digital stuff. Um. So I do that in the Sunshine episode. And the Power Cut ones were about sharing the journey of, like a personal journal of what it's been like living off the power grid, the way mm-hmm. that I've been doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, I lived in Ethiopia for a year and we had to deal with planned power cuts every night. I think it happened at four o'clock. And so, you know, you would just use your computer until the battery ran out and then you would just like have a headlamp and read or whatever. And that's just how you got through it. And, you know, you just sort of plan it. It's amazing what you can get used to. Yeah. But yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it's had to be an interesting journey for you. Yeah. It's been interesting because we built up from a very small system. I had one solar panel and one battery at the very beginning. And then now I've got 12 panels and 20 batteries, which sounds like a lot. But um, mm-hmm. and now I'm at the point where if I was going to expand on it, I'd have to sort of invest in the big ticket items, which would cost me a lot. So my system is at the maximum where it can be right now. And as you add on more, it's funny how we want a little bit more and we kind of, we get used to to working with the limited that we've got. And then when we get a little bit more, it's like, oh, I want a little bit more than that. So I can do a little Mm -hmm. bit more and it gets a bit frustrating. And have you had any, like, had you done anything like this before? Had you ever lived off the grid or any, and like any sort of alternative sources before? We have a construction company and we'd worked um, on an island uh, called Great Barrier Island and they have, they're all off grid there. They usually use generators to power. I think they're building up their solar panel stuff now. Uh, And so I had had experience of it, but not full time, like Mm 
mm-hmm. this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was exciting and it was really interesting in the beginning. Then it's sort of the novelty wore off and as you get busy with work and life and all those things happen, it gets a little bit much. And then there are the amazing things when you do have a good run of good weather and it feels like an amazing achievement to generate your own power and what mm-hmm. you can do with it. And then then it's just like a struggle sometimes and you wish that you right. could just do whatever at any time and not have to worry about it. Yeah. Would you do it all over again? <laughs> I, no. I, I want to say yes, but I yeah. think I, I would probably try and do it a little bit differently. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of smart stuff to help us um, can manage things. I have to do it all manually. And so if I was doing it again, I'd probably want some of that stuff to just take the pressure off. Um, cause there's lots of great things you can add into your system to make it work for you and make it even better. So I'd probably want that or just to have a bigger system to start with and not have all those struggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine that there was a lot of smart stuff back when you started the whole process. Like I don't think smart home stuff existed back then. I'm not sure. I think that we were just, we were very bare-bone budget. So the smart stuff was probably even out of our budget anyway, if it was there. Um, And so we didn't even really look at it. Our our system is very, very simple, which actually makes it quite easy to maintain. So there's that, but just, yeah, doesn't make it that exciting, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And was there a reason that you chose like kind of where you're living now? Yes, uh, but it was an opportunity that we had. It's not ideal. So again, if I was doing it again, I'd live somewhere where there were more sunshine hours, like Nelson in New Zealand, which is in the top of the South Island. I'd move there because plenty of sunshine hours and it would be much better suited to being off the grid. Okay. And you, but so like you chose, um, you wanted to stay close to Wellington or like the business. Okay. So the business is probably based in that Uh, area. And family. Yeah. And family. Got it. Okay. And what's your view like? You got a good view? Oh, it's amazing. For anyone who follows me on Instagram, that's probably, they know that view off the back of their hand. It's the most shared picture of anything that I take photos of is my view. I love it. It's a mountain range that I look at across with some trees in the foreground and it changes with the light on it. I just love it. So what's your Instagrams for everybody? At sunpowerpod. Okay, so I want to I want to wrap up, but I want to you to tell us about the event that you're planning that so, I participated in last year. I appreciate that. It was awesome to have you on. I just want to also say that I love being part of Podcast Brunch Club Adela. Um I think back in was it 2018, 2 years ago, I joined up because there isn't anything super podcast related here even just from a listener's point of view and I wanted a way of connecting with other people who are passionate about podcasts and podcast listening. And so we've been going for two years, the Wellington chapter, and it's been amazing. So we love oh, our meetups. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we love having you. Yeah. So twice a year, in order to bring people together from around the world, because that's an in-person meetup, which is amazing, Podcast Brunch Club does that. But to bring people together from further afield, I decided to do a live stream event over a week, and it's called the Sunshine Summit, and it's at sunshinesummit.live. And I do it in March to celebrate my birthday actually, and then uh, in August to celebrate the podversary of my podcast. And this year we've got um, about five guests joining us. And Adela, I appreciate that you were with us last year to, to share all about Podcast Brunch Club. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I just appreciate anybody who tries, you know, like we are very tied to our our devices. And so I totally appreciate every effort that anybody makes to 
even if it's still tied to our devices, just like get us face to face. You know, I mean, even our virtual chapter meetings, we really kind of ask people to turn on their video because there's just something about seeing people, you know, we don't like, I'm not making, wearing makeup right now. I do not look good right now, but whatever. Like, I don't care. You know, it's just about connecting with people face to face and, and, you know, having that contact. And I can't, I mean, especially since like, you're probably a little bit isolated in where you live anyway, that, you know, it's really important for you to like make real connections. So we're so happy to have you as part of Podcast Brunch Club. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support more connections in the world, please consider throwing us a few bucks on Patreon or make a one-time donation. I'll put the links in the show notes. Every little bit helps. Also, a quick thanks to our early organizational partners. Podbean. You can go to podbean.com slash pbc for one free month of podcast hosting. Listen Notes is a podcast search engine. Podchaser, the IMDB of podcasts. Critical Frequency, the podcast network for everyone else. The Venn Media, a weekly newsletter for curious minds. And Lantigua Williams and Company Network, beautiful ideas in motion. Finally, some credits for this episode. Stevie Zampanti of Conceptual Podcasting does our audio editing. Music is from Chad Crouch and Misael Ghana, downloaded from Free Music Archive. I'm Adela, founder of Podcast Brunch Club. Thanks, and happy listening.